Israel is a land of diverse cultures, religions, foods, music and people. Join Benji Shulman for the next hour as he explores the devout and divine, the off the wall and outrageous and everything in between. Right here on 101.9 High FM. You're listening to 101.9 High FM. I'm Benji Shulman. This is the New Blue Review. Welcome to the show on this rather cool Monday morning, uh, our first cold front of uh, the year is starting to inch its way into uh, Johannesburg from Cape Town. I think they've already started getting snow up on the Boerland and in Lesotho, etc. So uh, be in 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 uh, preparation for a, a very cold, um, very cold uh, week as we head into June, uh, the kind of real first. Um, Real first week of, of winter. Uh, so, but we're going to keep you warm on the show and we're actually going to be going somewhere very warm actually as, uh, as our first guest in just a moment. Uh, we're going to be speaking to Danny Rothstein. He is uh, a, a Jewish guy who lives on the island of Mallorca. And, uh, if you haven't heard of that, don't worry. It's kind of Spanish. Um, and, uh, and we're going to be learning about the Jews of Mallorca and the fascinating history project that Danny has been putting together there. So uh, that is uh, going to be a fascinating discussion, and I'm looking forward to that. Also going to be just talking a little bit about the iShook initiative uh, being run by the Zionist Federation. Lots and lots of different um, uh, um, shops and, and groups and uh, entities that are now up there, everything from coffee uh, to kitchens to books, to uh, travel options. Uh, and so if you haven't gone onto iShook uh, yet, definitely uh, make your way there. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about what's on offer on iShook and why is it important for us to be helping out uh, our Jewish businesses in uh, in that way uh, on 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 just uh, at the moment, you know, in, in general. This is the New Blue Review with Benji Shulman. Back with 101.95. This is the new blue review. And, uh, yeah, sorry about that technical detail. I guess when you're connecting to, uh, Spain and sometimes you uh, do have a little bit of a, a technical issue, but luckily we do have Danny Rothstein on the line. He is the founder and CEO of Jewish Mallorca Tours and he's going to be chatting to us about that community, uh, of, of Mallorca. Danny, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being with us on the new blue review. Hey, Benji, thank you so much. Really, really happy to be here and uh, to be able to connect. Thank you. So, so first of all, you know, I understand that Mallorca is a place that a lot of Europeans go, but I, I think it's probably not on every South African's uh, first destination list. So just tell us exactly where it is uh, sure. that, that we're talking to you from. A absolutely. So Mallorca is one of the four islands that are part of the Balearic Islands archipelago. So it's uh, Mallorca. The largest, and then Menorca is uh, the next smallest, and then most people will have heard of the famous Ibiza or Ibiza, depending on how you're pronoun uh, pronouncing it. And then the smaller one is called Formentera, and those four islands are located in between Spain and Italy in the Mediterranean Sea, just uh, south of Barcelona and just east of Valencia, just to give you guys reference where it is. And and in general, I mean, the, this is an island that's known. As a, as a pleasure spot, it's beaches and, uh, and booze and, and relaxation, right? 
That's absolutely correct. Mallorca, unfortunately, uh, has the infamy, along with Ibiza, for being like a, a bachelor or bachelorette party destination. Uh, it is a very German uh, island in the sense of, uh, you know, it's uh, it's like the German escape, the German getaway. So uh, uh, there's there's quite a number of Germans and Brits that uh, that love to vacation here, basically. So you sound neither German nor British. So how did you end up there? <laughs> Uh, that's right. So I, I'm originally from the States, uh, from uh, New Jersey specifically. And I uh, lived in Madrid when I was in college. Uh, that's basically where I began my love affair with Spain, all things Spanish. I moved to Miami eventually, where, as you can imagine, you can pretty much get around speaking Spanish all day. And I worked as a, originally as a TV producer. I produced TV commercials. And I was living in New York uh, for you know most of my life uh, between Miami and New York, and then finally decided I, I I needed a break from New York hustle and bustle. And I was super super lucky through networking to to land um, a position producing TV commercials in Mallorca, Spain. It was kind of like my dream job, and that was five years ago. So you you got to Mallorca and uh, and and having having you know moved there and and, and wanting to escape things. And, and, and then you, you discovered something fairly interesting about the, the history of the place that perhaps your average tourist d- didn't know. So tell us a little bit about that. Right. Well, that's just it. I, I, you know, when I was living in Madrid, um, you know, I, I found the, the one shul that was in a huge city like Madrid. Um, this is going back 20 plus years ago. So I was familiar that there's just not a large Jewish community at all, uh, really in, in Spain. I, in fact, I've done research and now the numbers are only 45,000 in the entire country. So when I was making this move to Mallorca, I really was quite certain, Benji, that I was going to be the only Jewish person living on the island. And, you know, coming from New Jersey, New York, I probably was quite happy about that at the time, you know, taking a bit of a break uh, from the from the Jewish life, Jewish culture that I grew up with. And I moved here. And once again, through chatting with other people, I discovered that there actually is a synagogue on the island. And so when I went to go check it out, uh, it's an Orthodox shul. It's uh, Sephardic by nature. So men and women separately, which is not how I was raised. I was raised in a, like a reform conservative um, community in New Jersey. And uh, I remember we were davening and all of a sudden we skipped over one of the prayers that you need a minion for, that you need 10 Jewish men in that, in that particular synagogue in order to say. But I counted 14 men in the men's section. So I was like, okay, maybe they count things differently here. But just to check, I asked the, ne- the person next to me, why are we skipping if we have 10 Jewish men? Uh, and he said, oh, some of these men are not Jewish, they're Chueta. And I'd never heard this word Chueta before. And uh, it pretty much opened up a, a whole new world for me uh, that um, I you know, I'm dedicating my life and work to now telling the story of the Chuetas. So, uh, yeah, we're talking to Danny Rothstein today. He is from uh, Mallorca in Spain. And uh, if you don't know what the Chuetas are, well, then stay tuned because we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll be finding out all about the Chuetas of Spain and Mallorca. And um, and then, uh, yeah, we're going to see uh, we're going to find out all about it. So uh, we'll be back just after this. This is the New Blue Review with Benji Shulman. 101.9 Chai FM, I'm Benji Shulman, and this is the new Blue Review. Welcome back to the show. By the way, if you want to ask any questions of Danny while he's on uh, the show, you can uh, SMS us on 34519, uh, or you can send us a um, can send us a, a telegram on 061-895-1019, and uh, yeah, we'll be very happy to... Uh, we'll be very happy to take any questions 
if you, if you want to take, if you want to, if you want to pose them. Uh, but by the way, if you missed a trip to visit family and friends overseas, um, and, uh, show that you miss and, and send them a gift by courier, this service is available locally to all overseas destinations. So you can call Postnet on 011-440-6189, uh, and see how they can help you. That's Postnet in Glen Hazel, Long Avenue, uh, Glen Hazel. If you want to send a gift to someone to show uh, that you care, that would be, that would be really nice. Um, uh, you know, uh, very, very cool. Uh, and you may want to send a gift to Mallorca. Because sp- speaking to Danny Rothstein today, um, <laughs> yeah, for the next uh, 20, 20, 25 minutes, uh, talking about all things Mallorca and uh, particularly his discovery before the end of the break about uh, about the Chueta, uh of, of, of this island. Uh, so, Danny, I think most people, certainly in South Africa, won't be aware of the story. So tell us a little bit about who are these people and uh, how is it that they came to be n- not having a minion in a show? <laughs> right. So uh, first off, I'm uh, super, super excited to share just a little glimpse of the, the, the fascinating Jewish converso. And once again, I'll say the word that most people are not familiar with in the world. And I think that is a travesty because it's, it's, it's just incredible. Uh, the Chueta history of the island. Um, and so we don't have all the time today because to, the history goes, spans over 2000 years. But the good news is that, uh, you know, since I've changed careers and I'm really dedicating my life to this idea of cultural and educational Jewish tourism, uh, we have a virtual tour, which I'll be able to give you the link later so you can go online and, and learn all about it. But the, um, the overview is basically that, <clears throat> you know, during the time of, uh, uh, Sepharad, before the Inquisition, there were Jews living on the island as early as, for sure, the 400s, where we have seen the first documented uh, in, uh, part about Jews living on the Balearic Islands. But we actually believe before that, uh, you know, right after the Second Temple was destroyed. So the Jewish history on the islands goes that far back, which is incredible uh, to have an island that's like a tourism hotspot have such a rich history that nobody really knows about. So, again, just going over the broad strokes, basically, you have Jews living on the island uh, not until 1492, when Jews are expelled, but actually 60 years before that. 1435 is when, for various reasons, uh, which we, we don't have time to get into today, the entire Jewish community of Mallorca, specifically, uh, was converted, uh, right? And a mass conversion. Hundreds of Jews at the time go in and are converted, uh, pretty much to save themselves, because in an island, you can't just pick up your things and go. You need lots of money. You need to get on a boat. So your options are convert or die. Those are your options at that time. So the community elected to convert and save themselves. And so this creates two different groups of Christians, the new Christians and the old Christians. Um, and once again, we have uh, documentation showing that there are crypto Jews, okay, people who are uh, publicly professing Catholicism and Christianity on the outside, but secretly practicing Judaism on the inside. And this is what really um, picked up my antennas, if you will, because I don't know, I guess I put myself in their shoes, Benji, and I said, how, how incredible, how much faith and passion you must have to, to your fit, to your religion, uh, because it's so dangerous with the Inquisition right there, um, looking to find you and your family and anyone who's, who's still keeping the, the Jewish traditions. Um, so we, we know this until the year 1688, when there is a boat escape of about 40 crypto Jews that never makes it out. And three years later, they're being tortured, unfortunately, by the Inquisition. There's a huge public execution, a burning of the stake. And after that moment, that's when 
there's officially, we believe, no more secret practicing Judaism. And these 15 families, they all have these um, the same 15 last names. That's how you know when someone is Chueta. Uh, they are basically uh, publicly denounced by the Inquisition, and their names are hung up in a famous church until the year 1820. Okay, so we're talking about over 400 years of you know, discrimination of a certain group of people. And now these people, uh, the Chuetas, are some of the most Catholic people you'll ever meet because they're always trying to prove how Catholic they are. It's rather incredible. But the rest of the population never wanted to marry them because they knew that they came from uh, Jewish ancestors. And again, under the Inquisition times, that's a very bad thing. So up until as recent as the year 1950, 1960, Benji, there's been endogamy, which means marrying within these 15 families. They've never married out. And quite incredibly, going to the synagogue, I've met a couple of these Jewettas that have decided in the last five or ten years to come back to Judaism. And I don't think I've seen that anywhere else in the world where people who were discriminated against for having Jewish ancestors, Jewish blood, very few of them uh, – are now returning back to their faith. And that is really something, a story to me that, that needs to be told. Yeah, that's absolutely a fascinating uh, part of, uh, of, of the history and, and, and of the Inquisition because you can kind of see it uh, in, in the actual uh, people themselves. I mean, just, just quickly, this idea of like marrying in within this very small uh, a group of people. I mean, were they the only Chuetas, this 15 families that were left, or, or, or were they just the ones that were picked on in particular? Uh, very good question, and, and you're absolutely accurate that the, in the Inquisition records, you'll see over 330 popular last names here in Mallorca uh, that were accused of Judaizing or coming from uh, you know, uh, conversos is, is, is the proper term. Um, very quickly, you may have heard of the word marrano, that's Spanish, and the word chueta is Catalan. That's a very big uh, uh, dis- uh, discrepancy that I'd like to make, because here in Mallorca, they speak a language called Mallorquin, which is the original language here, and that's a dialect of Catalan, which, as you may know, is, is the language of Catalonia, okay? So they do speak both Spanish and Catalan here on the island. Um, and just to give you some etymology, the, the word chueta, they believe, has two roots. One is the word shuya in Catalan, which means pork. It means bacon. Uh, very often because they say that chuetas would be cooking bacon in front of the places where they lived because they all lived in a certain ghetto here in Palma. And that they were trying to show the rest of the population that they're no longer practicing Judaism. Look, they're working with bacon. They're working with pork. Uh, the other reason is uh, because the word jueu, J-U-E-U, jueu in Catalan means Jew. And jueto is like a not nice way to call someone Jewish. It's like you little Jewish person, you know, jueto. So listen to it. Jueto and chueto. Jueto, chueto, chueta. It's all very, very similar. So, so yeah, going back to the point I was making earlier, there's over 300 names that have Jewish roots. But in the 1600s and 1700s, a lot of these families paid money to the Inquisition, paid money to the Catholic Church to get their names removed from this terrible list. And so they believe that the the ones who were still practicing Judaism and perhaps the ones that were the most poor were these 15 last names. Um, but it's phenomenal because the 15 last names are something like Bonin, Sebuda, Aguilo. You know, to you and I, Benji, that, that doesn't sound very Jewish at all. Yet there are other names in Mallorca that are that last names like Salom or Sabbat, or Abraham, 
And these are last names here in Mallorca, but because they weren't part of those 15 disgraced families, they were never discriminated against, and they were able to assimilate into the rest of Mallorcan society without a problem. Now, uh, one of the, the, I suppose, difficulties of telling a, a story like this is that it's it's kind of all buried oral history within within the island. But you actually do a tour of the island and show people the places that are associated with these people. So how do you do that? What kind of physical manifestations are left over uh, that, that helps us tell the story of, of these this, this community? So it's, it's absolutely true what you say, and, and, and that's part of why we're, we're making a documentary right now, and we're, and we're, we're building these tours based on stories of the Chuetas that, that, we are, that we have befriended. By the way, not all Chuetas are obviously interested in coming back to the faith. There's about... 20,000 people with Chuetas last names still living on the island, and only a dozen or so have returned to, to Judaism. But uh, we've also created Limud Mallorca, which some of you may know is a, Jew- is, a, is a Jewish learning conference here. And when we celebrated holidays like Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year, over 200 people, again, 90% non-Jewish, came to, to check out and see what the Jewish New Year is about. So there is a lot of interest among Chuetas people and non-Chuetas people. Uh, of the island. But um, in, in response to your question, you know, what do we show on our tours? Well, that's part of the mystery and discovery that we're on right now. There is um, a church, for example, in the middle of the Jewish quarter called the Church of Mount Zion. And we know that that church was built on top of the great synagogue of the Jewish quarter in the 1300s. So it, we find that it's in the names, you know, there's streets, Mount Zion, um, the street of uh, Dusai, which is a very famous uh, Sephardic converso last name. It was the home of a converso. And so when you're walking through the streets with me, and, and you can see this on the online virtual tour that we're now offering, you get to see um, street names. You get to see different plaques that are that have been put into the ground wherever there was a, a famous Jewish heritage site by an organization here in Spain. So there are these plaques that are in the map of Spain and Portugal, and they say in Hebrew, Sephardad which means Spain in Hebrew. Um, and there's just all these different clues. I'll never forget one time on a tour of mine, a friend of mine had said that in a ceramic shop in the Jewish quarter, there you can ask the woman and to go downstairs in the basement and you can see a secret tunnel. So it's true that, you know, under the time of the secret Jews, they had tunnels underground connecting their houses to one another. Because remember, there was no synagogue. There was no Torah. There was not even a rabbi. They had to meet together and with books that were shipped to them by their uh, long-lost Jewish brothers from Amsterdam or other places, that's how they would uh, read and, and, and keep some of the Jewish practices that they were able to hold on to for pretty much the span of 250 years. So on a tour of mine with clients, we went to the ceramic store, and the lady was so lovely, so nice. She took us downstairs, and sure enough, there's a secret tunnel that only goes a couple meters because then it's blocked off because now, obviously, in 2019, no one wants random people showing up into their house somehow. Um, but you could see the remnants of these secret tunnels. It's fascinating. Now, the, something else that I saw in your in your video and uh, also kind of goes to the the sort of uh, the, the, the mythology of some of this stuff is that there's a, a this church, I think, that you mentioned that was built on top of the synagogue. Sure. It's actually like a... Uh, 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 the stone is worn in certain places from where where people used to touch the stone that used to be part of the synagogue. That's true. Yeah. There's uh, and again, this is part of oral history or 
uh, we, we, it's not written down in any historical facts whatsoever. Um, but some, the Chuetas who now uh, attend the synagogue with us uh, have said that they know for centuries um, some Chuetas, you know, were obviously devoutly Catholic, but others were, were proud of their Jewish heritage and, and wanted to hang on to it. So very discreetly, nonchalantly, they would go to this church of Mount Zion and walk down those, those, the side of the wall that they know has foundation of the old synagogue still left, and they would rub their hands up against it for about, you know, about, I would say maybe uh, five or six meters or so. And if you walk down the street, you can see a rivet. You can see uh, a line that is that is etched into the stone. Now, once again, Benji, do we know for certain if that's how it was caused? Could it have been made by a horse and wagon over time? Sure, absolutely. But, you know, when you're going through these walks, I'm very, very clear to say so much of this can be construed as legend, as theory, as hypothesis, because it's with 400 years of persecution and discrimination against secret Jews, you know, it's, it's almost impossible to have things remaining to, to, to still exist today. But I do believe that the more we do these tours and the more we talk about it and the more we get history told, I think personally people will come out and say, hey, you know, I have something in my house down below that, you know, looks like a basin of some kind. And who knows? Maybe we'll discover a mikvah. Maybe next year we'll be on the program and I'll be telling you about you know, one or two mikvahs that were discovered underground. You never know. So now you, you, you started running these tours. Um, who, who generally was, was coming to visit them? Uh, you know, who, what is, where, where's the interest been coming from? So fascinatingly, it did not start with the Jewish population because once again, Mallorca is just not on the Jewish tourism map. You know, you come to Sepharad and where do you go? You go to Toledo, you go to Girona, north of Barcelona. Many people go to Cordoba, the home of Maimonides. Granada, that where the beautiful Alhambra is, but no one thinks of Mallorca as a Jewish tourist uh, destination. So actually, I started doing this on Airbnb experiences, and the most amount of people that came were non-Jewish Germans uh, that were holidaying in the, on the island and saw my tour pop up called The Secret Jews of Mallorca and, and came along. And I have to tell you, Benji, one of my favorite moments as a, as a Jewish educator uh, is when you're on a tour with about 10 or 12 people half Jewish, half non-Jewish, and you're talking about, you know, the different holidays that the secret Jews uh, were able to keep uh, while they were under the watchful eye of the Inquisition. What was the most important holiday? And you would never guess it, but the answer is Purim. And the reason is because they looked at as Queen Esther as their matron saint, right? And Esther is maybe the first ever Jewish, crypto-Jew, excuse me, in all of Jewish history, right? The king did not know that she was Jewish. So on this tour... I have a non-Jew saying, Purim, what's that? And then I have another Jewish person say, oh, it's this holiday where you get up in masks and you give shalach manot. And all of a sudden, you as the, the tour guide or informal Jewish educator steps back, and I have this beautiful experience of where, you know, it's creating dialogue, creating interaction between Jewish and non-Jewish, and, and just educating about culture and history, which we're really passionate about. We think it's so, so important in today's day and age to be doing this. And, and has this become your, your kind of full-time uh, gig, or, or is it, do, you, do you sort of juggle your Jewish education with your filmmaking still? Um, it, it, we made the decision, my wife and I, to dedicate to this exclusively last year, as when we opened up our, our Jewish tours and business. We had a wonderful summer as, as an opening, and we were on track to have an even better summer. And then uh, Senor COVID uh, happened. Uh, just a couple, uh, months ago and, uh, put a, an incredible stop to that, uh, 
like right up the bat. We, uh, we're actually going to have over 400 modern Orthodox Jews from the New York, New Jersey area come to spend the week of Pesach with us. They were going to kosher a hotel. They had, I was going to be their, their main tour operator and take them up all over the island because there's many different Jewish heritage sites that we're discovering, not only in Palma, also organize their vacation, not just Jewish sites as well. And that was canceled. Bar Mitzvah cruises that we had lined up were canceled. Destination weddings that we had lined up were canceled. So uh, let's just call it, uh, that was the intent. Um, now we've kind of pivoted. And as I mentioned earlier, and I'm happy to mention at the end of the program, we, we, we we're very excited about this online virtual tour because we wonder, you know, now that you had to come to Mallorca before uh, in order to experience this history, but quite excitingly, you know, we filmed a tour of, of mine a couple months ago in lieu of training other tour guides, but we've taken this this film tour and we've divided it up into 18 bite-sized episodes um, that you can purchase with a donation of 18 uh, euros or more, and it's about an hour and a half long, and I, we're very, very proud. We're very, very happy to share this content with as many people around the world as possible from the confines of their very own home or or couch or whatnot. And so um, who knows? You know, we'll see if it, if it resonates with people and uh, perhaps creates more excitement. So when travel does pick up again, people will uh, will have Mallorca in their minds. We're talking today to Danny Rothstein. Uh, he is uh, the CEO of uh, Jewish Mallorca uh, Tours. And if you want to ask him any questions, 061-895-1019, that's your telegram number, or you can SMS us on 34519. Now, Danny, you, you, you did launch this, um, this, this tour, uh, online. Now, what has the response been so far to, to this idea? So we've, uh, actually not officially done a, a, a real quote unquote launch. What we've been doing is doing a soft launch, uh, sending it to contacts, uh, friends of mine that work in the Jewish education world. And so far it has been really, really great. Uh, the little bit of sharing we've done, uh, already has showed a great interest. Um, I've also been speaking at uh, different Limuds. Uh, just yesterday I was at Limud North America. Uh, where there was a really great response there. And believe it or not, Benji, Limud, Moscow, uh, they were translating me in Russian at the same time while I was speaking English, they were speaking Russian. Um, and that was also a nice response as well. So, um, you know, little by little, uh, we're getting the word out there and, and we hope to, to make the, the grand launch uh, within a week's time. We're talking to Danny Rothstein today. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back just after this. This is the New Blue Review with Benji Schulman. You're listening to 101.9 High FM. I'm Benji Schulman. This is the New Blue Review. Talking to Daddy Rothstein today, all the way from Mallorca, about the experience of the Jewish community uh, on that island. Uh, Daddy, getting away from the history a little bit, uh, you have this population now of Jews that are are trying to uh, return uh, or, or at least engage with their Jewish heritage. Well, what is that like for the more, call it, established Jewish community there? Uh, that that's, that kind of is, is operating already? Um, well, this all happened kind of before my time. I only got here five years ago, but uh, about ten years ago is when some of the Chuetas actually approached the Jewish community here on the island, which, by the way, you should know, was started in the 70s, so, uh, you know, fairly new uh, in terms of history, but quite old in terms of Spain coming out of a dictatorship in, in 1975. Uh, they were British Ashkenazi Jews that came down to the holiday island of Mallorca and 
planning on retiring and, and opened up a Jewish community. They have a Jewish cemetery here as well. And in the synagogue was uh, established in 1987, just as a frame of reference. And in the 90s, I understand that some Chuetas who were interested in returning to their faith now that the dictatorship was over and it was becoming less of a taboo, went to the synagogue, knocked on the door, said, hey, we're, we're Chuetas. We have Jewish blood. Everyone's been treating us like Jews for centuries. We want to come in and learn about, you know, what this, what Judaism's about. Well, they got the door slammed in their face because, of course, the Jewish community from, coming from England had never heard of the Chuetas and said, you guys are Catholic. There's no Jews here in Spain. We're the Jews. And uh, so now you have a small group of Chuetas that were uh, never accepted as uh, Catholics, and now they're never they're not being accepted as Jews. It's an incredible, phenomenal, fascinating uh, story. And so, with um, little by little over time, uh, speaking to the Jewish community, there was a, an organization called Shavei Israel that operates out of Israel, and they go to different parts of the world trying to help uh, descendants of B'nai Anusim come back to Judaism. That's their, their their mission and goal. And so they came to Mallorca, and little by little educated. You know, the, the, the handful of uh, Chuetas that were interested in returning. And eventually, uh, these Chuetas, some of them converted to Judaism because their, mo- their mother was not um, Chueta. By the way, in 2011, uh, a famous rabbi who just passed away last fall, Rabbi uh, Nisim Karolitz of uh, B'nai Barak, the Beit Din there, he made a judgment in 2011 saying that if you are Chueta and you have a family tree that proves that your mother's line has always been Chueta, you are actually still Jewish. Because your ancestors were forcibly converted and you were married within for centuries. It's like you never left. Well, this creates a huge issue, Benji, because does that mean any Chuetta who doesn't know anything about Judaism can walk into a shul and count as a minion? I mean, think about that. And so, um, technically, uh, it is not accepted in, uh, in Spain. You can't just walk in and show your family tree. Uh, there's still a process of return, they call it, which involves learning about Judaism, studying, uh, practicing, being a part of a community. And so um, there's now about 10 or 12 Chuetas that you understand. They're almost like, uh, I'm not a fan of using this term, but in the States it's very popular, like born-again Christians. Well, these are born-again Jews. And so there's some of the more passionate, you know, uh, observant Jews that we have on the island. They go every Friday night to Kabbalah Shabbat. We don't have a rabbi. We don't have a chazan. It's, it's all volunteer-led. And meanwhile, you have that mixed with a lot of Jews like myself who've come from all over the world. We have Jews from Turkey, Iran, England, Argentina, Israel. Uh, they never come to anything. You know, they hear the word synagogue and run the other way. Well, you have these Jews who are have, have a great Jewish identity, you know, like myself. I feel very connected, but I'm not observant. You know, I don't keep Shabbat. I'm not Shomer Nagia. You know, I don't really keep all the uh, laws of Kashrut. So now you have this dichotomy on this tiny island where there's probably no more than a 1,000 Jews that live here, um, but only 30 paying members of the shul. And we're trying our best to, to keep it open and to keep it cohesive. That's the trick, Benji. How do you keep a Jewish community with so many different minchagim, so many different traditions and backgrounds together? Do you really, can you push this idea of Kalal Yisrael, that we're all Jewish and that's that? Well, that's why my wife and I created Limud Mallorca, because Limud's values are all about celebrating Jewish diversity in, in, in an open and inclusive environment. So with uh, Limud Mallorca, the Cultural Association, with the synagogue, which, by the way, in uh, August of 2018, we uh, voted for a new leadership of the synagogue, and four members were elected, including myself um, and three other Jews by choice. Two of them are originally from Mallorca. They are, they are Chueta. So this is a huge, bombastic, 
watershed moment for the Jewish history of Mallorca, because for the first time in 500 years, you have Chuetas, people who are originally from the island, elected as the leadership of the Jewish community. It's, uh, it's pretty exciting times that we're living in right now. So, Danny, if people want to have a look at your tour, or maybe when this COVID thing eventually goes away, maybe adding this to uh, their uh, island experience, their holiday experience, how can they check out the tour? How can they get hold of you? A- absolutely. So, if you go to www.jewishmallorca.com, uh, it's very easy to remember. We spell it with J. So, we spell Jewish with J, and we spell Mallorca with J. Uh, N-A-J-O-R-C-A. And if you go to jewishmajorca.com, you'll see a link there for virtual tours. Um, and you can go on there and purchase the tour and watch it from the very comfort of your own home. Also, uh, I'm happy to offer online live tours as well via Zoom or Skype. So if you have a Jewish community, per se, like a summer camp that's not operating or a winter camp, I guess, in South Africa's situation, uh, or Jewish day schools or different shul synagogues, what have you, um happy to do uh, an online virtual tour as well. And so uh, my email is jewishmajorca at gmail.com, uh, J-E-W-I-S-H-M-A-J-O-R-C-A at gmail.com. And, yeah, really looking forward to uh, helping get the, the story out to as many people as possible and uh, to really continue our mission of uh, this idea of telling history and how it can hopefully inspire connections and spark further curiosity and, and really prevent you know, uh, things uh, of this nature to, to happen again. If we don't know our history, we'll, we'll never know how to prevent it from happening again. And we feel strongly about that. Well, there you go, uh, Daniel Rothstein from uh, Jewish uh, Mallorca. Thank you so much for joining us on the New Blue Review, and best of luck with all, all of your all of your projects. And hopefully, uh, you can get back on the back on the wagon, so to speak, after after this pandemic is over. Well, with, with, with incredible friends and, and, and connections like yourself uh, helping to get the word out, uh, we, we really think that that'll be possible. So thank you guys to Chai FM and thanks for having me once again. Appreciate it. There we go, Daniel Rothstein. He is there uh, joining us all the way from the island of Mallorca, telling us the fascinating history uh, of that society and uh, what actually uh, is, is going on there in, uh, in, in that particular community. Um, yeah, so that's, uh, that, that was that. Hope you enjoyed, uh, listening to Danny. Actually, it's a fascinating, uh, you know, fascinating, just a fascinating topic, really, uh, and something that we don't get to hear that much of, uh, in, in our own, uh, Jewish community. It's not like part of our experience, uh, in, in the Jewish community here. So I just thought that's, uh, uh, absolutely, absolutely fascinating. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's that. We're going to take a short break now. Uh, and then when we come back, we will uh, be talking a little bit about the iShook initiative. This is the New Blue Review with Benji Shulman. 101.9 Chai FM, welcome back to the show. I wanted to spend the last five minutes today talking about two uh, important uh, things uh, that are going on, which I think will be of interest to um, to the community out there. Uh, the one has to do with uh, iShook. Now, iShook is this uh, group of companies that were being supported by the Zionist Federation, and they're companies that are struggling at this time to get customers because of the lockdown. And, of course, things are starting to open up, but, uh, you know, at this moment uh, is really the time when we can be helping and supporting our Jewish businesses out there uh, because really every rand helps, uh, and if we can keep these businesses afloat, then they will be able to recover post the lockdown. So iShook has been set up. 
uh, you can go to ishook.co.za and uh, either register as a business, but more importantly, go as a customer and buy um, – you can buy a voucher, you get a discount on the voucher that you buy, uh, and then you can uh, help support a local business. So, uh, And there's really quite a remarkable array of, of, of goods and services, everything from food to coffee to kitchenware to uh, you can buy accommodation, you can do tours, you can um, uh, you, you, you can find books, you can – it's just really an, a vast array of – of things that are uh, are available in uh, in in our in our community and and people that we really really can support. So I'm I'm really making a call out there for people, you know, to please go out there and uh, and uh, find your uh, your local Jewish community business that needs some help, needs a bit of extra attention at this difficult time. You you're going to have to spend the money eventually, uh, whether it's for a wedding present or for food or for whatever. So you may as well. Do it in a way that is 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 kind of helpful uh, uh, at the moment. And so, uh, please, uh, uh, if if you can, go to ishuk i s h u k dot dot today and do have a look there and see what you might be able to purchase. You'll get a great deal, uh, and you'll be able to help out uh, these companies um, as well. The other thing which is happening tonight, uh, which I think uh, you might find very interesting, is a new program. Uh, a, a workshop that is happening about Jerusalem. Of course, we just had Jerusalem uh, Day last week, and uh, Shabbat is coming up now. Uh, and a couple of years ago, uh, some Instagrammers went to Israel and um, themselves not Jewish and did a, a, a photography tour of the of the place. And um, and the, tonight they're going to be doing a workshop of um, of this uh, of, of this. And uh, you'll be able to you'll be able to learn how to take your own Instagram pictures. You'll learn what it takes to do good photography, and you'll get a great, and fascinating, and unusual look at what is happening. Um, uh, what is happening in, uh, in 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 the in the process of the creative art of. Uh, of creating Instagram. So, if that's uh, an, uh, something that's of interest to you, uh, you can you can check it out. Uh, they're going to be doing a whole um, um, a whole, uh, as I say, a whole workshop of Instagram uh, at eight o'clock tonight. Uh, and if you have a particularly young person who's interested in, in photography and videos, these are really top guys. So it's a really good. Opportunity for you to to be involved in that, uh, and if you just go contact the Zionist Federation, uh, sazionfed.co.za, they've got all of the uh, all of the ways that you can access that. Uh, you just just send them an email, um, admin at sazf.org, or, or or just go to the website, uh, and it could be a really exciting and interesting uh, thing for for a young person to be involved with. So, yeah, these are all things that are happening in the community at the moment and things that we can support uh, for our own uh, community. So that brings us to the end of the show for today. Uh, thank you so much for joining us uh, and for listening in. It was fascinating all around, I thought, uh, from uh, the Mallorca perspective. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much to Craig, who pushes all the big red buttons, Flo, who helps run the Skype uh, con connections, uh, thank you to Vusi who does the sound, uh, and Senna and Tubble who help on the production side. And uh, we will be back with you next week on the new Blue Review.